0: Hi there, this is Alvin and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is Brooke Hernandez, a.k.a. The Broker Brooke, a domain consultant and branding agent with Saw.com. Today, Brooke and I connect the dots from commercial real estate to hawking airplane headsets and headphones, and finally on to domain brokering at domainadvisors.com, unitregistry.com, and saw.com. Brooke also shares about how she educated herself and refines the valuation of domains for buyers and sellers. We also chat about what domain brokers do in between domain sales and during a sales drought. And last but not least, Brooke also recaps a few domain sales she's brokered, including vacation.rentals, as well as guidelines for branding.com and non.com domains. So with that, Brooke, welcome, and thank you for making time to join us today.
1: Hi, Alvin. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yes. I finally get the long lost Brooke on the show. I've been watching <laughs> you uh, for quite quite a while since your days at Uniregistry. Um, yeah. And so... So it's been it's been a while since then, but we'll get into all that here shortly. So to kick things off, Brooke, let's share uh, with the listeners at a high level a bit about yourself, who you are, your personal and professional background.
1: Uh, well, my name is Brooke, and um, I am a domain consultant and branding uh, agent with Saw.com. I've been in the domain industry, I believe, now for ten years—almost ten years. Uh, started with a company, Domain Advisors, uh, moved over to Uniregistry, got my uh, my knowledge and understanding sellers, and now I'm with Saw.com.
0: That's crazy. I didn't realize. So I didn't realize you were with Domain Advisors.
1: I was. I was with Domain Advisors for probably just over a year. And so I worked with Tessa, Amanda, and Jeff and worked there. And then uh, Jeff went to Uniregistry and he was there. I don't know. I don't even know how long he was there. And (laughs) then we talked and he asked if I wanted to be a part of their brokerage team. And uh, I said, of course, and went and worked for Frank and (laughs) (laughs)
0: Say Indeed. So then, so help us understand, like from, you said a domain consultant, a branding, uh, I guess, consultant or specialist that you would consider yourself. Like when you were smaller and they asked, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm assuming you did that fly out of your mouth. Hey, I want to be a branding specialist. I want to be a domain consultant
1: no when i was little i wanted to be a veterinarian and so no yeah there was there was no no radar of me going (laughs) in this direction and i was really lucky to get into it when i did i actually uh, started as a commercial broker in my 20s i wanted to be a developer the whole market crashed in 2008 so i knew developing was not going to be happening for a little bit so I luckily had a friend introduce me uh, to Tessa Polcom and I got in with domain advisors. But no, if you would have, I had no idea this industry even existed. I had no idea of the intricacies of it. And I think that's what's like so fascinating about it is there's just, it's not just uh, buy and sell. There's so many different levels to it.
0: Jeez. So a serendipitous moment that then connects you with Tessa and like, I guess, when did you know this was something like, yeah, I think I want to try this? Or did you even know that? Or was it just more so meeting uh, Tessa and having that relationship?
1: It was, it it was seriously, I don't even know. It was serendipitous and definitely because I didn't know in the industry. I was, I just moved back into the U.S. I was doing a a sales job at that point of like headphones. And when I got introduced to it, I mean, I was in, I was a newbie. I had to get, I mean, I remember Tessa and Amanda and Jeff all training us into domains, getting me like completely just saturated with information on, what this is, what's a, you know, a valuable domain. This is what isn't. And just, it was so much. And (laughs) then on top of that, then you get into the management of portfolios and that whole other realm of domain investing. It was just, it was, it was wonderful, but it was definitely one of those things where it was all timing. It was all just kind of like this weird introductory into a whole new world, but it was kind of parallel to my commercial real estate in the sense that it's real estate online so for me i was really able to kind of be like oh okay this makes sense like the better the domain the better you know the oh. the exposure for your company its location but online so it really had kind of this weird i guess web that like weaved together for me in my brain that way so
0: that is interesting, so then, I guess prior to this, so how long had you been involved in, in real estate?
1: I think I was in real estate for oh my gosh, I don't even know to honestly, like maybe three to five years?
0: Oh, so um, it wasn't long then.
1: no, and but I grew up in real estate. My dad was uh was in commercial real estate. He then got was a developer, so I would go oh. one of the great things is my dad used to take me. All the time to work like I would get to miss school and he would take me to like big meetings and city planning and he really made it so I kind of got a little taste of what the real world was like so it was kind of interesting when I then got into it it was, you know, another whole merging of understanding and getting to know locations and stuff like that. So it all in a weird way worked itself out. It's a very (laughs) weird way my life goes. (laughs) It goes on its own path, but it all works out somehow.
0: (laughs) So you do commercial real estate, you're out here hawking headphones at some point. Yes. So like, how, how did that even come to be in terms of the whole headphone gig?
1: So that was a really fun job. So I literally, we had just moved to California uh, after, from Costa Rica. We were living in Costa Rica. We moved back to the U.S. We were in California and I had to get a job. And so I found this um, this ad and I think it was even on Craigslist. I'm not joking. And it was for a company (laughs) called Rugged Radios. And they were opening a... um, a division of uh, headphones for planes and helicopters, and they needed someone to help expand it. And so I applied, I got it, I loved it. And my my favorite thing about it was they were telling me one day, hey, we're thinking of launching this helicopter headset see you know talk to some people and see what they think and I, I'll never forget I was like <laughs> I'm kind of good at this because I went back to them. I'm like you guys don't even have the headsets yet but I've got like five people who are ready to stock them at their in their uh, e-commerce site and that was the other weird thing is with rugged radios I learned more on like e-commerce and drop shipping because that's what the <laughs> company did was more drop shipping so like all of these weird little things came and added up to me having kind of like a at least a base understanding of what potential there was online, which is weird.
0: Well, that is that is interesting and weird to a certain extent because I look at the parallels between commercial real estate to digital real estate, if you will. Um, and so there are some things that you were able to glean from from that world and bring into Uh, You know, your your journey in terms of becoming a domain consultant, branding consultant. And then there is that bit of just, I guess you say, uh, hard knock sales life and learning that you (laughs) that you picked up on Hawking uh, headphones out there. And And to a certain to a certain extent, it's almost like it really doesn't matter the product per se. Because some of the same principles still apply in terms of just the foundational principles of sales. And so I'm assuming you pick those up and then, you know, here, here comes Tessa into the, into the picture. So you meet and then kind of, I guess, how did you bridge that from uh, the, the hawking of, of headphones into like going, no, I actually want to go try to give this a shot in terms of uh, domain consultancy?
1: Um, well one I, I've always I'm always been kind of a, a, a tech geek. I love I, anything techie I just love. I love knowing I, it's just kind of there. granted they <laughs> didn't know of the domains. So when they kind of gave that possibility and then the other item was um, I at that point we had planned on always moving back to Costa Rica. And I was really wanting a job that I could work from home. And I've always, I had worked from home before, so I knew I was able to do it. And so when they're like, "Hey, real estate online, work from home in a kind of tech industry vibe that you might be interested," I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sign me up! Like, teach <laughs> me. I'm here. I'm a sponge. What, what do I, what do I do?"
0: <laughs> so, so then, no fear, no hesitation.
1: No, I don't. I. I think that change is very good. And so that's how I've always been. I just kind of, you know, opportunities are seriously presented and you just sometimes have to say, all right, let's, let's see what happens. And I was also (laughs) young enough. I didn't have kids. I was like 29 or something like that. So it was like, why wouldn't I try this? I didn't see myself selling, you know, airplane headsets for the rest of my life. I'm sure (laughs) I could have, but it was one of those things. I didn't see that as a career. I, and the domain industry, I was like, okay, yeah, this looks intriguing. So I just went for it.
0: (laughs) Interesting. It's, it's kind of like I envision or get the vision of you pushing you out of an airplane, no parachute. And somewhere before you hit this ground, like here comes Brooke and there's a parachute.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, that's kind of my whole thing. My husband is a good man because he, he's even, said, <laughs> he's even said to me, he's like, I don't know how you do it, but you always seem, it's like you have a vision and it'll, you'll go with it. And it somehow works out. So we've always kind of, he's always at the beginning, he would always be like, Oh, I don't know. Cause he's very cautious. And I'm like, ah, yeah, totally. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm in, let's go. And so he's now been like, I'll just, I understand you, you do you and I'm going to just see how it turns out. Cause it seems to work. So that's, how, that's all it's, I'm doing now.
0: It's like, when, when has it not worked out?
1: Yeah. It hasn't. Okay. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I think also like, you know, again, I have been extremely blessed and lucky in who I was in introduced to in my career. I mean, I was with, you know, some of the top salespeople in the industry between, yeah. between, uh, you know, Amanda, Jeff and Tessa. It's not, I was really lucky in that. And then we were, working with Frank Schilling on selling his portfolio. So I got that relationship, which was extremely wonderful. And that brought me to Uniregistry, which then introduced me to more of understanding the seller side of everything. And really then even getting more of the intricacies that are in not just you know a domain brokerage, but also an actual registrar, and seeing how a platform and you know the app on the phone. I remember uh, when Uniregistry launched their app. I was actually lucky enough to be one of the first people to test it because I was working at the company, mm-hmm. and I was on a trip in San Francisco. I went to a Giants game, and I got a sale as I was sitting at the giants game of a $5,000 domain but i was like this is great like this is <laughs> fantastic and so it's just the way things have worked i've just been really really lucky in that i've been introduced to the right people at the right time and it's just all continued my my career luckily
0: now do you recall i guess your your first sale as a domain broker oh, or yeah. consultant
1: yes oh it was grant pass oregon Dot com. Grants Pass, oh, Oregon is a location. It was for $5,000. I went to the site, I, oh gosh, I think like a year ago. And it was this sweet old woman who just wants people to see what Grants Pass, or Pass, Oregon is. And it was just an information portal for her town. But I completely remember it. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world of selling <laughs> a $5000 domain and i was like this is crazy like i didn't think you know someone would pay that level for that domain but it it showed me that there's a buyer for every domain you just have to find the right one
0: wow now what's the what's the weirdest domain sale that you had that you can talk about
1: oh um i sold it was the letter a And I can't remember the exact number, but it was like 13 or 14 H's after (laughs) A.com. And I was like, who the heck is buying this crazy domain? (laughs) And it was Coca-Cola. They had a marketing plan with Papa John's based on A, which I think was like only A-H-H, like something small. Right. As protection. They bought, I don't know to what number, but they bought <laughs> all of it. And then they would just have it forwarded to Papa John's. <laughs> so and it, that's the only way I knew that it was Coca Cola Cause I was just like, who, who is buying this kind of domain? And then when I saw it, I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. So that's the weirdest domain I've sold by far.
0: I'm like, what a waste of H's! <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, seriously, Coca-Cola. I'm like, there's so many more names that you could probably have had, but at the same yeah. time, I understand it's brand uh, protection, and yeah. so you know, you you want to protect the protect your brand or protect your slogan. Uh, so that's interesting. Ah, I never would have, I never would have thought of thought thought of that one for sure. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting. So then from that $5,000, how does one go from you know selling domains at the $5,000 mark into the six and seven figures, which I assume that you've done your fair share of those deals?
1: I think for me, what it is, is really gaining just knowledge. I mean, you really... Mm-hmm. That's the thing for me was one of the reasons why I went to Uniregistry, is I felt like I needed more understanding of valuing of domains and I wanted to see more of the process also on the seller side, like understanding, you know, well, what why why is this domain at this level, but this one isn't? And I feel like right. when you really start like understanding. And you know, you hear, oh, shorter is better, or this, you know, easy to spell, easy to remember, a dot com. Like you you hear it, but when you start seeing it and you're seeing the sales, then you're like, okay, now I'm getting this, I'm understanding this more. And then that gives you kind of the the knowledge of when someone comes back at you and they're like, Well, I'm not gonna pay that much for the domain, it's not worth that. You can go, aha. (laughs) <laughs> but it is.
0: <laughs> and then you can
1: talk to them about it and let them know, like, why it is. And so I think that's really, you know, kind of putting in your time and understanding the market, really, just like any other industry, it really mm. helps you gain that knowledge, the confidence and the know-how on how to get those kind of sales done.
0: Gotcha. Now, I would assume for someone that's coming from a commercial real estate background, how difficult or was it not difficult for you in regards of coming from a real estate background? Oftentimes, obviously, the the source of truth is MLS to a certain extent and being able to have comps. So was that difficult for you in terms of coming into this land of, of digital real estate and not Not necessarily having a a true MLS that you could, you know, comp a domain for a a given domain, because obviously all domains are unique in their own right. So it is difficult to say, okay this one single word versus a two word, three word, here are comps. Um, And so was that difficult for you?
1: Yes, it's it's definitely. It was definitely difficult in that sense of not having those comps. Cause like you said, you, it's, you know, you're comparing apples and apples and in in domains, it's like, you're comparing apples and bananas and watermelons and cherries. (laughs) Like there's not, there's not really.
0: And here's an acorn. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. And so with that though, I think one is again, just the amount of sales you do, you start having an understanding of what, and then of what the value is, but you know, there are like DN journal, you would always use name bow You always use, you always kind of use the resources. You know, one of the things is you, you talk to other brokers, like you, you Mm. just, these are conversations you have and you say, okay, like I'm going to have this domain listed. I'm not finding anything. Do you know of anything that's sold? What can you tell me? And so you kind of also have that internal conversation with people of what they're seeing be sold, what they've, they know was sold and all of that. So you can really kind of network also in a way to get a better understanding of what is and isn't being sold.
0: Then how long did it take you to really overcome, you know, not having that, leaving an industry that that kind of provided you with a bit of uh, of some guidance, clear guidance versus kind of stepping into the unknown, uh, literally and figuratively speaking?
1: I would say it probably took me a few years. I mean, I, I'm also, I would say probably two or three years. I really, I I also like in a weird way um i don't want like controlled chaos so i also (laughs) in a weird way my personality is i thrive in situations that aren't the norm i it's just kind of a it's a special gift i have i guess so if a deal is
0: superpower
1: yes it's my superpower (laughs) so it's just kind of one of those things where I was able to be comfortable. I think the most uncomfortable thing for me was not the understanding of the value or the pricing. I mean, it it, it was, and you still, even to this day, you'll get a domain and you'll have someone say, "Well, I think it's this value," and you're like, hmm, "Really? I'm seeing it at this <laughs> level." And so, even now, you still kind of bounce off what the value is of domains because. You do know, but at the same time, you only know so much. So, like, you might think, okay, this domain's only worth 10,000, but who knows? It could be trending. Well, hey. in turn, someone else might know of that item trending, and oh, well, no, I was way off. We need to, the value of this is going to be at 50,000 or something like that. So, but my the thing that was hard for me to really get comfortable with is as uh, because I was a broker you have classes you have rules you have regulations you have fiduciary duties you have all of these items and that was probably more hard for me to understand that you know in the domain world it is a little bit of the wild wild west still like
0: <laughs> just you know, a little bit
1: yeah just a little just a little and so that was really more difficult for me to like get to get a grasp of is not having those kind of rules that everyone had a standard to go by. If that makes sense.
0: That makes total sense. And so it's it's interesting how I look at just some of the personalities. There's so many different personality types that fall into the domain industry and make up the industry. Um, And so it's always interesting to hear someone's story, someone's journey, how they got into it. Um, and, And then just to see how people actually operate and find like just lucrative success um, and profitability uh, in doing it, and there's so many different ways. Uh, ways that in some cases I would look at, them and I'm like, there's no way you should or could be successful in that, and yet, kind of like the bumblebee, it flies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, it flies, and that's kind of what I what I get or pick up in in terms of your story. You're kind of like the bumblebee. It's like I know.
1: Look, I just, like, I just,
0: there's Brooke should be able to, well, <laughs> yeah, well, she just did it. She just yes. did it. And I, she can, uh, no, maybe she only did it once. No, she's done it consistently over years and years and years. And so that's the, that's the interesting thing. I think personally, when I think about domain brokerage, like there is a part of me that even just wonders, I'm like, do you ever go, where's the next deal going to come from? or am I going to hit a drought or kind of walk us through just kind of your thought process of just how you even make sense of it all in terms of finding uh, buyers, finding sellers, or are, do they just kind of show up?
1: Oh my um, gosh. No, are you like, if you're in sales, man, you are, you are <laughs> every, every day you're hoping for that. You're like, where's that? That paycheck's still coming. Right. I have something on the books, <laughs> right. I've got stuff in the, la- in the pipeline, as we always say. Um, my, my phone's
0: still on, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: no, you're always worrying. I think, you know, the domain, the thing that I like about the domain industry is there's always, something's always going on. Like there's always deals to be had. It's just how how you're going to be in it. So, and mm. and what I mean is you can be more passive in your method of being in the domain industry and you can just kind of wait for, buyers or sellers or you could be more of the the hustler which I always kind of felt like I was where I would just try I would just keep going and grinding and I just don't really know I'm type a personality so just sitting and waiting and twiddling my thumb just isn't my personality naturally so make
0: something happen today
1: yeah exactly and it also you know when you go through the droughts because Everyone goes through droughts if you're in sales. And if people say they don't, then okay. Um She's but, like they're
0: lying and they don't have a sales job.
1: Like, okay. Um, but everyone goes through a lull and you kind of sit and you're like, all right, am I, am I doing this as I'm supposed to? Like, I'm right. And then all of a sudden that next deal comes that you didn't even see on your radar that's better than what you ever thought. And you're just like, Okay. Whew, and you take that breath. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can keep going. Like you just, you know, you're, you're human. So you question yourself, but then things will reassure you and then you, you keep going with it.
0: Now, as a domain broker, like, how do you balance? Obviously, you said you're, you're, you're married, you're a mom. And how do you balance this stressful nature of, it's one thing to be in sales, but it's a whole different thing in terms of just domain brokerage and buying and selling domains. Uh, and so how do you, you know, find that healthy balance? Um, in, in terms of managing the fears and managing the uncertainty as well as, you know, managing the success? Because obviously, uh, while failure, it can, you know, it's a real thing. It can become a reality. Success can also crush a person as well. So, like, how do you find that healthy balance uh, between between everything?
1: Uh, well, one is that I have to live by a beach, I've realized. Um okay. <laughs> I have to live by my ocean. We moved back to Arizona and I was in landlocked for about two years. And I realized that I, I need my ocean and my, my beach time. So <laughs> that really is one, I think having just a, an outlet and something that, you know, you really gravitate to that I mm. enjoy. I, I, the balancing of family and domains you know, I work, my kids are, my one My one son, he's in school now, I have a two and a half year old, and it's always a juggle. But the thing that is great about the domain industry is you can kind of work on your own terms. So that was something that I really always liked is that, you know, when I was at Uniregistry, I was able to... Get up, do some deals, get my son ready for school, take him, and then you know do the hustle and bustle, pick him up early, and still be the mom. Because for me, I don't, I'm not just like this one, you know, one type of personality. I always say I'm kind of like a, a Jill of all trades. I've done a lot. I like to know a lot. I've, it's, I'm always interested in life. That's why I think the domain industry is also really enticed me because you meet people from everywhere all over the world. Like I feel like now I could almost go to any country in this world. And I do say almost, almost any country and not right now, cause of the pandemic, but take that away. Um, <laughs> and, and be able to reach out to someone within the industry, whether I sold them a domain, whether I worked with them on trying to acquire one, whether they are in the domain industry And that's something that I just kind of love. And so it's the same thing in life is just like kind of just keep going and rolling with it. And somehow I'm able to balance it all. And but that's what's so great about it is you kind of are able to have that freedom to work, but also live your life as long as you're able to work from home, which I am. And I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, And that was even prior to COVID. So prior to the pandemic that, that you were working from home. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things, I guess, nothing too much changed for you when COVID hit. It's kind of like, uh, hey, Brooke, go home and work now. Yeah. Like I was, uh, I'm already here.
1: Yeah. That, that was the easy part. The, the difficult part was then having my six-year-old, uh, not being in school and trying (laughs) to do that and, you know, doing this homeschooling, online school, like, (laughs) I I knew I wasn't made to be a teacher. I love teachers. I look. I have friends who are teachers, and I was like, I don't. I we need to get this going because I am not made for this. This I'm made to be a mom. I'm not made to be a school teacher, unfortunately. And my son made sure that I was aware of that as well. That I was not made to be a school teacher. Like, but-
0: I think think all parents after this last 12 to 18 months are probably all singing the the glorious praises to educators. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much to all of our educators. So now I certainly understand that obviously being here and recording podcasts and having all sorts of things happen. Uh, throughout that time and having kids at home. um, I I bet, I bet you've taken a lot of trips, (laughs) more trips to the beach.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and I think that's like the important thing is um, having just some way to be able to just kind of unplug, you know, that's always, that's really always been my thing is when I started in the domain industry, I would just kind of walk away from everything, and I'd go just kind of reset my brain mm. by walking by the beach. And you know, I I really did not realize it until you know we moved to Arizona that I didn't have that kind of place to go to just kind of be like, all right, I'm just unplugging. I'm gonna take time to myself for even just ten minutes. Right. Um, and that was really that's really what also helps ground me is just being able to have that little breath of of fresh air
0: (laughs) yeah yeah yours yours is the 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 beach the scenic views of 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 water and 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 ocean and what and whatnot uh mine is is a three-mile walk like every other day um and I can tell when I get out of rhythm I I mean it is just obvious when I get out of rhythm and so it's like nah like I've gotta have, I've gotta be outdoors, yep. you know, doing uh, landscaping, gardening, something uh, that 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 just allows me to, I guess, be one with with the earth. And so, uh, I certainly understand that. Let me ask you this though: in terms of so stepping into the demand industry some decade or so or more ago, what was your experience stepping into it as as a woman that's in a predominantly Male-oriented uh, industry, or or was that your experience at all?
1: I think again, I think because of my upbringing, of my dad just always taking me to male. Con- I, first off, I'm a tomboy naturally, so no. that's that's my personality. And you then, play my- any sports? Uh, I love to play softball. I liked golf. I play horrible basketball horrible basketball, Uh, but I really, I love boating and fishing and I love scuba diving. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I'm a, I'm just water. I just put me by a beach and whatever Ah. that water gives me, I will take. So, but with that, with being a tomboy, my dad taking me to his meetings, it kind of prepped me. And then I was in commercial real estate, which again was male dominated, but I didn't really. You notice it, but you don't really notice it when you're in it, if that makes sense. And then going into the domain industry, I had not really I mean, I knew that it was predominantly male, but I really didn't recognize it until I went to like my first conference with domain advisors because i had two women that were high up and and actually there was four women at that time working within domain advisors and then there's a, and Jeff Gabriel and so we were kind of like we were more than what we knew was normally in the industry. Like I had no idea. And then I went to a conference and you're like, oh my gosh. And so, you know, it was one of those things where I stepped into it, not knowing. And then as you go through, you hear, see, experience things here and there And I just kind of chalked it up to that's just business sometimes. Like you just kind of, you know, it's like you're, you kind of grow up with it. You're kind of used to it and you just shrug it off and say, ah, whatever, like next.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you make, you make the best of it. I didn't even think about that because again, like you said, you were introduced to, to Tessa. Um, and so you're meeting uh, folks that are at the top of their games as well and at the top of the industry um, and, and you're getting to glean from them. Um, and so, yeah, so to a certain extent, your experience, it's a, you're a bit of an anomaly. Yeah. Um, But yet at the same time, it doesn't like you. I think that there are probably and you have probably sensed just certain things, like you said, by going to the first conference, like you just begin to notice certain things or pick up on it. And so that, that is interesting. What was your, I guess, first conference? What was it? And what was that experience like?
1: It was in, gosh, I think it was in Santa, it was in Santa Monica. And I don't even remember which, which one it was because it switched names, but like
0: domain fest
1: something. Yeah. I think it was domain fest. Isn't that horrible? I don't remember. Who knows? Great. I'm
0: just, I'm just throwing them out there. It could have been Cloudfest. <laughs> I, know,
1: I know it was in Santa Monica that I know. Cause I was living in California and we went to it. I was able to drive, but it was really, it was fun. I mean, the domain industry, there are a lot of eclectic personalities, which is another reason why I think I fit in <laughs> so well. Cause uh, you know, if you're, there's a lot of personalities and, again it's it was a lot of fun there's a lot of late nights there's a lot of early mornings but everyone's there really when i was there everyone was there to you know do business but have fun while doing it and every it's like a it was smaller then it's grown even now and so i can't wait for another conference to come cuz i haven't been to a conference in years cuz i had my son and i just was not wanting to really go. And, and uh, now after everything, I'm like, so when, when's the conference coming? Like when, when's the next conference? Can we, about that can we get pandemic. That
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> She's like about that pandemic, about this exactly. work from work from home release program. <laughs> so it oh, was, my and it
1: was really interesting to see like the panels and some of the people presenting and they're still, you know, presenting and around and getting to, you know, a lot of times you'll talk to sellers on the phone and you have a completely different image of who that seller is. And then you meet them and you're like, oh man, you are not what I thought. You are not what I pictured in my head, but it's really nice to meet you. And so it's a it was really fun. It was a very fun time and it was very eye-opening in just how how big, how much I still, after, you know, even a few years, I had barely scratched the surface of knowing people within the industry. And that's the thing is you can, you can go for years and never work with, you know, someone that is a big seller within the industry. And then all of a sudden a deal comes around and you're like, Oh, Hey, I, I have a person who wants to purchase your domain. What can we do? And so I think that's also so cool about the industry is you might think you know everyone and you know everything, but really there's always like some intricacy that can pop up. You're like, oh, didn't see that coming. Okay, wonderful. Let me, let's figure it out. Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like the new GTLDs, you know, when those came out, it was such an interesting time. I was at Uniregistry, you know, we had been all I've known is like .com. .com, and then you have these, and you're trying to like discuss them. And even now, it's still a conversation that's had on the GTLDs and .com, and which is this. And so, there's always something that's kind of changing and evolving that makes it interesting, no matter when you go or where you go.
0: So, 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 what? So, so now you 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 brought it up. I okay. didn't. You brought up the new G's versus .com and legacy. And so now we have to go there. Now Now we have to go. No, I think it's good. So like, what's been your experience? Obviously we hear people, we hear industry, um, you know, veterans as well as new folks coming in. And I I honestly, you know, tell most domain investors, uh, you probably do better by sticking to more of the legacy until you can get your C-Legs proverbial sea legs under you now in terms of uh just sales wise obviously i look and i go one dot com had a 30-year head start but it it also looks and says you know for there are many that just are naysayers and it's like new glt new gtld say that fast five times like they'll say no like they're worthless they're and that's not true it's like there is a a subset or a segment that are very, very lucrative and very valuable, and they make sense in terms of whatever is on the left side of the dot, you know, juxtaposed to the right side of the dot. And so, like, what has your experience been? And have you brokered any deals with new GTLDs?
1: Yes. I, when I was working at Uniregistry, I sold the domain vacation.rentals, and the gentleman paid over, I think it was five hundred thousand dollars for the domain
0: so you were the broker i was did not know that
1: i was i was very surprised by that sale because it's a great domain it was just it was when gtlds were just coming out and nothing there wasn't really there had been a few sales but it was one of those things where I was like, is this guy, like, does, is he understanding? I just, it was one of, it was just a weird time. I know that sounds weird. It was like after I think also Rick Schwartz and uh, Frank Schilling had a conversation on a right. panel about it. And then, so it was really a bizarre kind of time frame for that. And I think my view is the new GTLDs are great. For, and what I'm seeing is that people who can't afford a strong .com domain but have a business idea and maybe they want to test a business or they're a mm. mom and pop and they just are trying to like get into it and see it's a great way for people to do it. I mean, we're seeing startups who they've purchased .ios, we're seeing .ios and .ais, I- you know, go for values that we never thought. On the flip side. I'm working with those same startups and companies that, once they hit a certain level of funding and a certain level of revenue that realize, okay, we need to we need to get our dot com and the dot com you even put it perfectly it's it's thirty years old, and because of that, it's also looked upon as you know, the location because people know of it, they're comfortable with it. They see it on You know, I think I was reading, I think like there's 200 million active websites and over 40% of them are dot coms. And then out of that, almost every fortune 100 company owns their brand.com. So you're seeing that these successful companies and businesses are making sure that they're taking their brand to their own company and making sure no competitor gets it. No one can run on it on their brand in a different direction or anything. So I am still seeing the .com as the location. I mean, You know, it's trustworthy people when you talk to people like when was the last time you you paid for something on like Dot Moby or Dot (laughs) Bit, like you kind of question it. A a great example. And I didn't interview with them, but the buyer of uh, yak.com, he his Wait, (inaudible)
0: wait, yak.com
1: yac.com
0: like so, yak like the animal or yak yak is in like vomit or No mode.
1: like yak as in they use it as an acronym of yelling across cubicles so they are kind of like a uh, a slack and so they're internal within corporations and they make it so you can communicate within that corporation so just it's similar to slack but not slack so they call they're yak. Well yelling
0: across cubicles. But Wait, they yeah cubicles with the C. Yes. But they spelled it
1: Y A C dot like, com.
0: Okay, so it is okay. For whatever reason I had Y A K like in my mom, like, okay, so we got pretty clever with this one with <laughs> the with the K. Okay, yelling across cubicles with the K. Great. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time, I guess, but no. no. Okay, but- so yak.
1: So they, they initially were yak.chat. That's what their website was. Cause there's a whole backstory on that, but they were noticing that they were going into these corporations that they're trying to get, to have them be an internal communication for their teams. And these higher up CEOs, CMOs, the people that are, they're talking to them. They're like, yak.chat, like what what is that? Who are you? And they realized that just by having that dot, they they even he said one time we were even asked if we were hackers. And so <laughs> I was like, and he said, when that question came out of the guy's mouth, he realized he's like, we gotta get the dot com because it's even in the minds of these people who are of the businesses that we're trying to get into that the dot com is going to be what's trustworthy and make them more, I don't want to say believable, but have the integrity of what is going to be needed for them to get in with that company. So I see it as it's great. I think it's wonderful because it allows people, whether you want to have a blog or you're a student, or you know, you have some great idea you want to test out. I think the new GTLDs are great, But I am still seeing and I'm still working with people who have had those GTLDs. And once they hit a certain level, they're like, we need need our brand.com. Or they'll even rebrand to get a .com that better fits what they want for their company. I mean... We see a lot of companies that will purchase domains and they thought they would just be doing one thing. So they thought maybe, Mm. oh, we're just going to work selling emails. So we'll be sendemails.com. Well, then their company expands and now they're doing texts or they're checking documents or, you know, there's so many different variables that they're like, okay, well, this doesn't make sense because now our company is bigger and has expanded into other areas. And so then they'll go and realize they need to purchase a whole new brand for their company because they're not just this little company that sends emails. They are a company now that will, you know, write the email for you, check the email, you know what I mean? Right, like That right. kind of thing.
0: And that's where we probably get into, you know, things like, you know, companies like Cabbage to where it's like, wait a minute, you guys are selling Cabbage? It's like, uh, no, <laughs> they are kind of, they're a competitor to Mint, if yep. you will. And so it's, it's one of those things are like blue jeans being a conferencing software. And it's like blue jeans. No, I thought those are things that I wear every day, you know? And so you,
1: it is interesting because you'll see, you'll see certain companies that then will pick to rebrand. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. Like, I I can understand why you're looking to rebrand. And then some companies, they'll just stick with their brand and go with the dot-com. And you're like, well, I don't understand your brand, but okay. Like, you want the dot-com? <laughs> like, we'll work with you. I get it. And then, you know. But it's it's always interesting to, to see how companies kind of work, because every, every acquisition, every sale is different. And so you get to kind of see the intricacies of really how people's minds are working. And over the years, what I've noticed is people are much more understanding now, I think, of the importance of a dot-com, not even just this past year, but from when I started. Like, you would do reach out to companies saying, hey... This is your brandmatch.com. This is a keyword.com that would fit for your company, and they would just be like, "No, no, we have, we have marketing, like we have SEO. I don't know what you're talking about." And now you make that phone call, and they're like, "Yes, like we need to have a conversation. Let's let's talk. Let's see if something can get done." So I think also just even over that little bit of time of ten years people have even more understood the importance of the dot com for matching their brand. because when you go online, what you have to think about with the domain, I'm going take a quote from from one of my colleagues is it is the digital front door to your business. Yeah. And I thought that was so it's such a great way to look at it. And then what I always like to kind of emphasize on top of that is your domain name, is also going, it's it's helping with the integrity of your brand. Right. So it's consistently making sure like wherever you are, social media, flyers, mail outs, whatever, you have one area that they are all going to come back to. And that's where your brand is going to be shown. So you want to make sure your domain is consistent with your brick and mortar brand as much of anything
0: right now let me ask you this because you and and this is something that you just sparked in my mind just as you were speaking about brands brands i i uh I guess branding themselves, or, or you know, forming their brand identity in terms of whether they're coming out of the gate as a startup and they're saying we want to go after the .dot com, or they're starting with a non .dot com and then upgrading to that .dot com. Now, that what's interesting to me and what seems to, I guess, be a bit of a misnomer and, and or just uncertainty around is whether or not brands and it it. I guess the question here leads to more how often have you seen brands that are actually out there establishing kind of the treasure trove of a you know domain portfolio of domains? So they already have their dot com brand or what have you, but then they're silently either building um, and purchasing other, you know, brands or related domains, or you know, just even from an investment standpoint that they're purchasing domains. Now, obviously they're are companies like Google? There are companies like Amazon, Walmart, that we hear certain things about. You know, like Walmart purchasing shoes.com. and then I think uh, Amazon purchasing Ring dot uh, com more than just the the uh, domain, but they actually purchased the business behind it. But with that business came a wonderful domain. So that being that said, like
1: that Uniregistry, we really? I was actually yes, yes, right, that's one of my favorite stories. Uh, um a colleague of mine, Alan Crow, a great guy. He's not in the oh, Alan. he's not in the industry anymore, but he that the uh, owner of Ring contacted because he was using some other website, I can't remember what it was. It was like doorbells.com. <laughs> I don't it wasn't doorbells, it was something re- it was really a horrible domain. He had not gotten funded on Shark Tank, and he said, He's like, I need I need a domain that is strong for my company. So when I advertise, people know where to go. And Ring uh, got, that, And he got it. And that's the thing is some people get it. And some people know that they need to have it. I remember listening and hearing an advertisement for ring.com. So anyways, I'm so sorry. but No,
0: I, no, that. Well, and I, I think that, that that points to it because he, he eventually ended up selling it to Amazon and it's kind of like, okay, well, had he had that old brand, would that have been the case? Um, And to a certain extent, I look and say, well, they may not have wanted the, you know, they may have wanted the business, but I think that having that domain was even that much more because while yes, ring was used for doorbells, I believe, or something like that, uh, then I look and also go, well, Amazon could go, yeah, we'll, we'll assume this business we will acquire this business. But then they could also turn around and ring can be used for a number of different things yeah. in terms of branding. Uh, so that being said, like, so do you recognize or see brands often and not necessarily the conglomerates doing it? Because we know that they are. But like, I guess, are there small, medium sized companies that are out there that are silently building uh, their domain portfolio, you know, in, in addition to the businesses that they that they uh, specialize in?
1: Definitely. So, I mean, a small, uh, a company just here out of Florida, uh, she's in Miami. She, her company's called Miami Awnings. And um, we just sold her, was able to acquire the domain for her and she has been trying to get it. But all she does is she purchases, all domains are kind of specific to what her brand is, which is Miami Awning. Now, there's obviously others. Um, We did a deal for um, FMA.com, and the company is based in the UK. They used FMA.co.uk. And they don't, I mean, you look at what their company is they don't even at this time they are purely do governmental like lobbying in a sense in the uk so they really don't need the dot com but as a company they recognize their brand and they're like we need to get that dot com and i know that they have purchased others so not even large corporations, but people are understanding that domains now, they're not just a a place for a website. It's a digital asset. It's an asset to your company that you can, in the future, if you're going to sell, to be able to say, on top of my company, I also have these digital assets in this portfolio and there is a value to them and you can pick and choose. I mean, we have people... People who will send us, you know, portfolios of domains, companies and say, "Okay, which ones which ones are crap and which ones are good so they can kind of like narrow it down to what really is valuable and worth uh, their company spending money on? Because there's a lot of times companies will buy domains for a project or for an event or whatever, and it's not a good domain. And they then all of a sudden realize after five years that they have Thousands of these type of domains and they're just like, should we let these drop? Should we put them on auction? Should we keep them? And so that's another thing that we assist with is kind of giving guidance on these are good. No, these aren't really of any value and how best to, to manage it in that sense.
0: And that and that was going to be my next question of just really trying to figure out because I've I've had customers who are like yeah we had thirty domains and we just decided not to renew them and it's like okay well did you have anyone assess that nope we just we're not using them and we just let them go and I'm like okay (laughs) that's not that's not good and so then saw so I guess saw as a company that that's what you all specialize in as well.
1: Yes. So we will assist in portfolio management. And so we've done that uh, with a few different clients where we'll be able to say, okay, let's, let's market these. Let's get these on the market. These you might as well just let drop unless you want to keep paying renewal fees, but I don't see anyone ever really buying that domain. And then ones that you say, okay, you know, these are ones that you could probably put up on auction and and at least get some of that money back and someone else might. So there's really different ways uh, for all the domains to go. I mean, you know, sometimes people, I know I've heard of the argument that it's best to monetize every domain. It will, yes, that would be great, but it takes time. Like you can't just flip a switch and all of a sudden that domain is, is making money for you. (laughs) and, And so You know, not many people have that kind of time, especially if they have thousands of domains to see what's best to monetize it to its highest capacity. So we assist in that, though, in stating, let's work on these. If you want, you can work on, you can monetize these, but, you know, drop these or put them up for auction or whatnot.
0: That makes total sense. And so now in terms of just... Where you see yourself headed? Like, I mean, is this kind of the 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 one career path that you're going to continue on, or it, or will we look up and Brooke will exit stage left and hop aboard another plane and jump out with no parachute, and we'll figure it out on the way down?
1: I have no idea. So I. <laughs> I think of that within this industry, there's also so many different ways that my resource could be used that I would just, no matter what, when I'm old and gray, be in this industry. And then one of the old, old biddies in the back, watching the young guns, like shoot up (laughs) and all of that. But, you know, my... Whenever I try and put a plan into my life or a sure thing, <laughs> uh, it seems to go in a different, different way than I ever expected. So I just kind of, kind of like uh, the leaf and uh, Forrest Gump, I just go where that wind <laughs> takes me. And it seems again, it just seems to work.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. And so now tell me this now. Uh, obviously, you spent time at, at Uniregistry. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they were acquired by GoDaddy. And so like, what was, what was that? What was that period in season? Like for you, uh, did you realize like, okay, it's all coming to an end. Then maybe I'll go back to commercial real estate or like, how did that, that transition all happen for you?
1: So I had put in, I had quit uni registry about a month or so before they announced that they um were being acquired by GoDaddy and there was a little bit of oh you know I I feel like you know everyone is somewhat talks in the domain industry you know (laughs) there's only so many secrets that are able to be had so I think everyone kind of heard a little oh this might be happening or not But it was never like, yes, it's this is it. And this is what's going to happen. I just finally at one point, you know, I loved, loved unit I loved all the people I worked with, but I just was, I was just kind of done. I just felt like I had done, I'd run my course with the company. I wasn't, I need to have progress. I need to have change and growth. And I was just kind of doing the same thing. And I was like, this really isn't. I'm not doing what I love. Like I love Uh, to do acquisitions when we would, when I'd get to do that at Uniregistry, it was my favorite. I love doing that. I love seeing a new company. I love seeing an existing company and hearing like the owner have passion to what they're doing or even outbound sales we didn't really we did a, a little bit but not as much as i would have liked and so i just felt like at one point i was just ready to kind of turn the page and do right. something more and i didn't know what and i really i when i left uni i took a full month off and i was just like i just want to be with my family be with my kids it was december christmas mm-hmm. and just see what happens so i had no idea and then uh, luckily again i we saw that Jeff and Amanda had started saw.com and I was like,
0: huh, the "Band, the band's what? back together."
1: I've worked with them before. I <laughs> will this work? And so luckily they were looking for new people and luckily they knew I could do what they, what their expectations are as a company. You know, we, we have a certain level of, I want to say integrity and fiduciary duties. And so I really liked that about going back and just being like, all right, like, let's go.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. So well, then what is a typical day like for Brooke?
1: Are we talking like with kids? <laughs> like, what, what, this, is, this is where that <laughs> controlled chaos comes really into play. Um, Eight so through we'll,
0: nine, we're doing breakfast. Yes. We I'm will, trying we'll, to <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a child to do their work.
1: Exactly. <laughs> 10 we through will,
0: 11, I feel the call. <laughs> oh, my um, goodness.
1: It's it's again one of the reasons why I love this industry, every day is different. So it's usually wake up, see who's contacted me while I was asleep from whatever different country that they're in, address those calls, get in touch with them, you know, put out any what I say fires, put out any fires of any deals that need to be top priority, and then, you know, just start start calling and emailing and doing doing the of getting it out that yeah it's it's serious it's like <laughs> it's funny i it's really like a it's a hustle, but it's a fun hustle in that sense like you're constantly going, but it's fun like I don't ever feel like I have enough hours in the day, but it's if I had a boring job that I could just sit and I'd look at the clock and be like, oh my gosh is it three o'clock like I remember those <laughs> days and I've not had it and I'm glad I don't because it means I'm I'm enjoying my day instead of just dreading the rest of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's three o'clock. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it's like, it's five seconds after three. All yeah. right. I, ah.
1: those days, thank God, are are long gone. So I I mean, with every industry, it's always different in every company, but I'm so glad that I found the domain industry because I can't imagine. I I really don't know what I would uh, what other industry I would be in. I mean, it could be anything, but I just don't. It's it just was a good fit. And it's really allowed me to live my life on my terms, which is really important to me. Uh, it's, I don't know <laughs> why, but I'm just like, I want to be able to, I guess Frank Sinatra says it best. I did it my way. And that's that's really <laughs> that's how <awesome>. I feel.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Free, so freedom or security? Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> i gotta go freedom i gotta go freedom that's I what do. i figured that's I what do. i figured it's the minute you start um, i've my husband laughs because I always say the minute people start trying to put me in a box and put like a a label or a like a stereotype it almost yeah. bugs me and I'll do something just to just to make it not fit. I'll do something just to be like, nope, you're wrong. And Somehow,
0: I feel that that plays out in your marriage. (laughs) And your husband has learned two words, yes, dear.
1: He he doesn't say yes, dear, but he gives me a look and a nod of, a roll of the eyes and a nod of just like, oh God. Like, I would say the yes, dear is more of a, oh God kind of statement.
0: Oh my goodness, that is amazing. So, wrapping up, like where do you see the domain industry headed uh, this year? Obviously, with the pandemic that hit, um, many, many folks saw, especially if they were, you know, in regards to digital, you know, real estate or just digital anything, saw just the best years that they've ever had, amongst obviously personal loss. And so, now where do you see things headed? at an industry level in terms of 2021 and
1: beyond. I I mean, I was not expecting, when the pandemic hit, everything you just expect to stop. You expect that's, you know, you're just like, all right, like everything's on pause. And what was really weird is all of a sudden it was getting, it was definitely a pause where everyone's kind of catching their breath and figuring out what is what's up and what's down. Right. But then you all of a sudden saw a huge push of more people coming and trying to get domains. So I feel from my experience, is there are more people now understanding than ever the importance of a of a strong domain for their business. I actually was on clubhouse last night listening to an entrepreneur room and they pitch they pitch like what they're gonna what their what their business is and it there were like a few of the people that were from shark tank and other v other like lower tiered investors and everything but What I kept hearing was they would be like, oh, what's your website? And you would hear them say their (laughs) website and they're like, wait, what? What does that have to do? So I feel like with everything, it's just going to continue to grow and it's just it's going to change. It's going to evolve. It always does. But I don't see the I just see more people understanding Whether they're a restaurant, whether they're a, you know, business to customer, whether they're just they're all realizing that they need to have that location online. And so I just see it continually to go up. I mean, you're seeing more people also get involved in cryptocurrency. That's pulling people now also into the domain industry because you're seeing that digital asset. And it takes it takes a certain thinking to be able to be comfortable doing cryptocurrency and digital assets and then also doing domains. And so you're seeing a lot of that kind of also inner interweave or you know cross paths because people will be in cryptocurrency. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, oh, well, what's this? And then they're seeing another way digitally to have money online. So it's just, you're kind of seeing more people coming to an understanding of just the possibilities that a domains can have, whether you use it for your business, whether you're investing, whether you're going to just use it as an affiliate, whatever. People are just seeing more and more. I can do this and some people can do it on the side and still right. have their main company and make it where they're like this is my side hustle. Right. I've got this little thing going. I'm have a little dropship company. I mean, you know, that's great and I just love seeing people be able to kind of do that and get to again live live life cuz I think, you know, you got one shot at it. <laughs> so that's make it. the best of it, you know?
0: That is it. You got one, you got one life to live. And if you find two, let me know and we'll start canning that up and start selling it to everybody. <laughs> I oh my goodness. it's
1: one life that at least I can remember. Maybe I come back as something else, but I don't remember <laughs> it. So it's one life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So now you mentioned something there in terms of Clubhouse. How has Clubhouse changed things for you in terms of just the visibility of domain brokering and domain investing just in general, or has it?
1: Well, I I would consider myself still somewhat of a newbie on Clubhouse. I don't have the icon on me anymore, luckily. But what I'm seeing is a lot. Well, I've gone in, I'm just seeing a lot of people actually, they're going into these rooms and they're not even of knowledge of what a domain is. And they're all of a sudden gaining knowledge from some of the top people in the industry. I mean, Ryan Colby's in there, Andrew Rosner, you know, uh, Kate Buckley. I mean, there's just, so many to name. I right. mean
0: that you so that you normally would not otherwise either have been able to send an email to, have even gotten a phone call with, no. gotten even I guess even a degree of proximity near. Um and well, here they are in these rooms. Right. Daily.
1: And if you did, you were at a you had to pay to go to a conference to right. hear what they had to say. And so I just see that as another way that this is just going to continue to grow again and make people more aware and understanding. And, you know, it's it's interesting to see how this one like new social media kind of app has already like somehow come into play with domains like and I just think that shows that domains are just they're always going to be there they're always going to be a conversation because they are you know digital and they're always going to be seen as some form of an asset to people at some way somehow and that's it's really interesting and the way clubhouse is playing into it it's just you know i there was auctions that i've seen um there's re, you know there's arguments on what a, i i don't know if you were in that the room for that where people were arguing about dot coms and gtlds and it got a little feisty where you're like okay we're all on the same we're all on the same team people we're not just let's bring it down let's bring it down a little but that's what happens when people have to stay home during a pandemic you know
0: What's interesting about that is, and I think it, it's a it's a great point because what I was saying was based around just the um there are principles at play. like there are people that are saying, "Oh well dot coms are dead. nobody ever looks at what type of domain that they're you know using, and to a certain extent, I'm like, okay, well, guess what? There are some principles at play, and some of these principles don't change. And so it's very much like saying, hey, gravity, for instance, (laughs) it doesn't exist. And you're like, "Uh, no, gravity exists. And we know so because your butt is held down to earth right now. Um, And and so it's it's kind of the same thing with domains. It's like there are certain principles that they're not going to change. But then there's others that, yeah, they'll change, but... They also might not go too far from the you know the principle that yeah. that that brought it, and so I mean,
1: it's in, just yeah, it's in just every an interesting industry, face in every industry, you know there's always kind of that base starting. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, real estate or whatever, there's always something that's created that industry, right. Dot coms, they were there. That was what was created. That was, it was AOL.com, the dial up. I mean, it's, it's been Netscape.com. I mean, all of those kind of like old, I remember, I think prodigy.com was also like way back then. And so you kind of look at it and you brought it up at the beginning, the history behind it, you're going to have that there no matter what, but it's not to say that it's not going to evolve or change like (laughs) the new GTLDs, but, you know, give acknowledgement of that certain things will most likely stay the same just because that's what people are, you know, normally used to like, you know, I'm sure that a car I can buy it and put it in my backyard and use it as a decoration. But a car <laughs> for my whole life has been to drive. So right. I'm gonna drive. so you know, it's a it's one of those things where it will definitely change. That's why the industry is so interesting. But, like you said, there's certain principles and there's certain values that are going to be determined because companies, that's, that's what they're doing. That's how it's used. And that's, you know, the standard per se.
0: Right. Right. And very much like uh, the saying of, Hey, so because of social media networks, domains are going to die. And it's like, nah, that's, that's, that's so far from the truth. uh, Because all it takes is you get banned or kicked off one of these networks. You Uh, have a
1: voice then, your company's done. Exactly. Exactly.
0: what exactly, um, and there are folks that are you know using Facebook only, or Instagram only, um, or Twitter, or LinkedIn only to drive their business. into a certain extent, it's like, yeah, but you don't own that that giving you know digital uh, presence. And so, if something happens that you get kicked off, then what do you do? Um, exactly. Aha! That thing that we said went away. Domains that yeah. becomes your lifeline. Um, well, and
1: that's that's exact. I mean. Alvin, I mean, you could, you could sell domains for us any day because that's exactly it is that you have these social media sites and you have so many branches out in so many different areas, but where's the one consistent location? Like right. what, that's, that's what it is because I mean, I, I'm pretty sure people remember MySpace. That was huge. People <laughs> love MySpace. It's not here anymore. Like, yeah. There's always going to be a fad of social media, and you want to hop on it to get your, you know, marketing out and networking and whatnot. But you also, like you said, you need to realize that it needs to come back to where your your storefront per se is, or what your company is, and that's. that's And
0: you need to own it.
1: Yes, one of my favorite parts of I read in a book. uh, One person said a domain is the actual only asset that you can own online. And when you think about that, that's true. I mean, if you have an e-commerce business, you don't really own anything that's on there. You you don't really own anything, but a domain name is legitimately yours. You own it. It's for your company. You pass it down to generations, but your website, your hosting, your search... All of that can change if a company decides to merge, decides to close its doors, whatever. But that domain, that's yours.
0: Indeed. It is yours. Uh, I put it like this. Yours as long as you keep renewing it. Exactly.
1: The, the very important factor, <laughs> the very one important factor.
0: What key factor? One key factor. As long, it's yours as long as you keep renewing it. So then, Brooke, then wrapping up, like, what would be your advice to someone, like, starting their journey in domain investing or brokering? Like, what would be your advice for uh, your, your advice? Oh, my gosh. What would be your advice for where they should start?
1: Um, I'll skip the vice question., uh, but my advice would it really is knowledge. It is really just get just do your research, do your reading, and also connect with someone that that is willing to assist you in learning. I mean, I again, I was so, so lucky to have three of the top people in the industry willing to teach me and in, you know, fast motion of what the domain industry is, what what makes a good domain, all of that. And I was very lucky in that. And so I feel that if you are coming in as a broker, or as an investor, reach out i mean there are a lot of great people in the industry that would be willing to teach willing to mentor willing to assist i mean you see it on twitter on podcasts on you know linkedin all of it you see people willing to try and get people more knowledge and that really is what it's going to be is just learn learn research 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 (laughs) follow, follow, follow. I mean, I, I, I follow people. I've been in the industry 10 years. I do not consider myself like, you know, the queen bee by any means, because there's still people that I will listen to and follow my own colleagues and be like, Oh my God, that was amazing. Like, why would I not use that? Like, you know, so just always be open to learning and open to talking to people and you know, not being afraid, just go for it.
0: That is awesome. Just go for it. I mean, you sound like a Nike commercial at that. Just, Brooke Hernandez, just go for it. Oh, yeah, let's do it, man. Just
1: do it. Yeah, just go. I mean, just, yeah, just, just go, for it. Let's go for it. i like,
0: literally, I'm, I'm like, man, I may have to go and get t-shirts printed up now. It's like, Brooke, just go for it. man. <laughs> that is awesome. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners in terms of somebody that's listening and says, you know what, she was speaking about this part. I want to know a little bit more about that. Or if somebody has premium or ultra premium domains that they're saying, hey, we want to divest or we're looking to acquire, like how do they get in contact with you?
1: Of course, always feel free to reach out if you're looking at divesting, acquiring, um, again, just knowledge. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter at, I believe it's the Broker Brook. Um, I go by Broker Brook. That was like a nickname at Registry, and it just stuck. <laughs> so now I'm just Broker Brook. Um,
0: well, that's better I'll- than Broke Brook.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm very happy. Yeah. Or yes, exactly. <laughs> And you can also just send an email. Uh, You can send it to sales at saw.com. That is our general email for saw.com, and it will get directed to the right person and just send a request in because we are always willing and happy to help in any way we can.
0: That's it. Y'all heard it here first. Brooke is going to mentor everybody that contacts her. (laughs) No, (laughs) she didn't say that. She did not say that. So. (laughs) <laughs> Brooke did not say that, so please do not send an email saying I heard Alvin Brown's podcast and they said that they were mentoring everybody. No, they are not. Do not do that. Oh my goodness! It was yes,
1: now. Now I'm going to be getting those emails and uh, and I'm and Jeff and Amanda going to be like, who who the hell said this? <laughs>
0: uh, I I not me,
1: not me, not me. Alvin. Oh, <laughs> um, blaming on Alvin. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly exactly well brooke it has been my pleasure so thank you uh again for you know joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial as well as your domain industry experience
1: oh it's always a pleasure always a pleasure speaking with you
0: So thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now.